Hello, folks, and welcome back to episode three of the Civilization Builders podcast with me, your host, Daniel. Today, we're going to be talking about how I break down kind of the levels to building society, to building civilization, and how to walk through those. I break those down largely into four categories. Category three can be broken up into more layers if you want, which we'll get to a little bit later. But those are starting with the individual first, and then the family, and then what I'm calling institutions, and then the government being the last level. So let's get right into it. First off, start with the individual. I think most of us can largely agree with that, but God starts with the individual first is a large part of my argument in the fact that we can only first control ourselves. If we can't control ourselves, we're not going to do well at having influence beyond ourselves as well. And truly, you could argue you can only control yourself. You can't control other people. You can have influence over, but unless you're going to resort to violence. You can't truly control other people. And even then you're not really controlling them. You're just heavily influencing, influencing them with the threat of violence. So as I said, God does start with the individual first. He created and charged Adam first, and then he created Eve and gave the family charge or the dominion mandate, which we'll talk about at another time. So God does start with that individual. We see as well the actions of individuals in the Old Testament really affecting those around them firstly. Um, It's a heart issue before it's a personal sin issue. Frequently they have consequences upon those around them, but you see it starting first with the individual. Um, Noah is a great example of this. Noah's actions matter in the Old Testament. Noah is able to save himself and his family because of his, I'm going to say his righteousness. We can discuss what that means later, but his righteousness, his choice to follow and obey God is what matters. It's not that... God had to pick someone out of the society, so he just picked one random dude, and it happened to be Noah. Noah was still pursuing relationship and righteousness with God, even though all those around him had failed. Ham's actions, where you see him um, in After the Flood, where Noah gets drunk, and he, in the words of the Bible, sees his father's nakedness. Ham is condemned for his actions because he, instead of seeking to honor his father and cover him, he goes and tells his brothers and then they're the ones to do that. So his actions matter. And you then see that, right, where obviously Noah's actions um, blesses others. Ham's actions curse others and that his family line um, has negative consequences further past that. David as well, right? David and Bathsheba that had far-reaching consequences. First and foremost, that was David's actions, and he is guilty before God. They do affect other people, obviously, but his actions start with him first and foremost. Uh, I think you can even see that where when Nathan the prophet comes to him and uses this illustration of the man who stole the rich man who stole a lamb from the poor man right um david doesn't say that well the rich man and his household should be punished he says that rich man should be punished so i think you see that as well As well, I think you could say, you even see that to some degree, uh, and probably more importantly with David refusing to kill Saul because Saul is God's anointed. And so he says that God will remove him at the right time. Even once David has been anointed king, he's been promised the kingship by God. And yet he is... He knows that he should not take action against Saul. Even when Saul is trying to kill him, he's waiting for that. He knows that his actions matter. Um, And so he is, even though it would probably have been far better for the country of Israel, 
for him to be king instead of Saul. He knows that it is that Saul is still God's anointed. And so it is, he needs to wait on God's timing as well. You see this in the new Testament, um, where you do see a change from a lot of, if you want to call it corporate religion with Israel to aspects of more individual religion in the covenants that are given. Um, we can get super deep into that, but you see that where, um, I would say salvation is more straightforwardly in the new Testament about us as people, as individuals, families are important. We'll get all into that. Church is important, but it starts with us as individuals first, um, before it goes to anyone else. And you as well, you see that, right? Where Jesus calls, even with some of the disciples or the apostles, uh, you see it with other places where he says, you know, don't even go back to your family. Uh, there's a man who says, let me go bury my father first who has died. And he said, and Jesus tells him, no, you need to come now. There's obviously some details we can get into that, but you see that right where it starts with us first and then it goes out from there. Absolutely right. And that's, that is actually why in regards to Christianity, you see how many, it is highly individualistic and in that it, it very much matters for the person first. There are family implications, but you see this in a lot of places even now where being Muslim, being Hindu means this whole cultural thing that comes along with it. It's not just the belief, it is this whole thing. And so when people become Christians, it is a rejection of them. It's a rejection of that people thing. Um, so in that case, it's more than just individual. There are implications upon other things. And as well, we see that where there is actually with that casting off of family in that if it means casting off your family, you have a new covenant family in the church in being a child of Christ. We are, we are brought into a new family. And so unfortunately for many people, by becoming a Christian, they lose their earthly family, but they gain a family in the church. We as well, we see this right with Ananias and Sapphira. If you're not familiar with the story, um, Ananias and Sapphira, it's in the early church. Jesus has ascended into heaven. They're still in Jerusalem. Um, this is before what's called kind of the diaspora when um, you see many Christians just going out from Jerusalem to all the nations around them, um, fleeing persecution and probably famine and some other things that are going on at the time. Um, and so we see in the Bible where it talks about, uh, we can get into exactly what this means, but you see where it talks about the new Testament believers, the early church, they are selling and selling their land, selling property, selling goods and giving to the church. And they have kind of the verbiage that uses all things in common. Once again, we can get a different discussion about what that means at a different time. But what you see with Ananias and Sapphira is they, uh, they scheme between themselves. It's husband and wife where they scheme to sell a piece of property that they are going to give some to the church, which is fine. You even see this right where you get into this and Peter says it would have been fine if you would have just sold and given what you wanted to the church. Um, but the problem is, is that they then lie about this. So it wasn't, the issue was not that they didn't give it all to the church. The problem is that they lied about it and they said, Oh, look at us. We are so holy. Cause they were trying to, be cool right um they were trying to 
appease the people around them and not even appease they were trying to be part of the in crowd by look at how cool we are we've sold this big piece of property and given all this money well instead of actually doing that or even saying hey we sold this piece of property here's this chunk we're giving they are they lied about how much they were giving so but and they are judged extremely harshly for this where they are both basically put to death god kills them basically on the spot uh, ananias the husband comes first to i guess give some of the money i'm a little I'm, I'm not sure i think maybe he's bringing it but he's bringing it separately from his wife coming in and there's this exchange with peter talking about how you lied about this you could have just sold it and given a portions of the funds peter says something which supports private property rights so once again, different discussion, but Peter says something to the effect of like, while it was still yours, it was your right to do with it what you will, but you tried to lie to the Holy Spirit. Um, and so they're punished with that. So you see the husband come in first, and then you as well see this uh, Sapphira, his wife comes in uh, pretty shortly afterwards. It's something to the wording is something to the effect of the men who carried out your husband are whose feet are they're right at the door now like they've just come back from burying him out in one of the pauper's fields um and now they're gonna take you out as well but he speaks to her and he says something to the effect of you know you both you scheme like this is not you're not just being included in this judgment because your husband did it it is because you both, both of you as individuals decided to join in this together. Uh, certainly you could even write, if we go back to write the beginning of the Bible with Adam and Eve as well, we see where they are each, like Adam has a corporate responsibility as the husband, but Eve is cursed because of her choice to do this thing. And you seeing Adam being called out as corporate head, but also as individual for failing to obey God. Um, in that case, in both of his responsibilities there. We as well see in the New Testament, uh, these, you know, charges specifically to elders and deacons. So those are church offices. For those of you who are not aware, elders are more kind of teaching, they're frequently largely teaching roles, more spiritual leadership, if you will, whereas deacons handle more of the physical matters of the church. They can look differently in the Bible, but those are the two main church offices uh, designed to lead there. But you see there's qualifications set in Timothy and Titus for both elders and deacons. And you see they are specifically standards set for individuals. They are to not be drunkards. They are to be the verbiage in the Bible is a one woman man. They're not to be philanderers. They're not to be adulterers. They're um, not to be flirtatious with lots of women. They're to have one wife. Um, they're to be good managers of their households. And so you see these things where they are before they are in this case, right? Uh, before they are to lead the church and manage church issues they are to be biblical individuals first and foremost and obviously you see that right where you see there are both individual and family qualifications where it starts with them um, you have obviously they themselves are not to be drunkards but you also see as well that they are i don't remember the exact verbiage but uh you see like their their children are to be well managed um, not that they have to be perfect there are people who take it that way. I don't think that's the proper interpretation of that passage. They are to have uh, respectable children, basically, who are not crazy. Um, so you see that where it starts with themselves, and then it goes to family. And then they can be responsible for leading the church there. Um, as well, you see, I believe it's in First Timothy, um, where it talks about the husband's prayers being ineffectual if they're not properly caring for their wife. So even then, right? Like if the husband is not 
properly caring for his wife is not being properly loving to her his prayers which could be not related to their marriage are hindered by god for that so with that i'd say we first have to follow god ourselves family friends church work etc it cannot save us if our individual souls are not redeemed first um if you want to change that from slightly biblical language, I would say our our outside activities are same thing: family, friends, um, work, society building activities. They it can't be effectually done, and it can't save us and solve the problems if we ourselves are rotten at our core. If we have problems, you're not going to be able to manage a school, a uh, business, or anything else well if the. Uh, um, if you yourself are a mess. So secondly, I go to the family. As we just talked about, God does start with the individual, but God also created the family as the next building block of society. You see Adam. Adam was created in need of a helper. He was highly competent in and of himself, but he needed a helper and was given Eve. Um, we then see the dominion mandate, which is given um, slightly later on, and that's largely about filling the earth which right what how, how would two people fill the earth well they've got to have babies right so it starts with families are an integral part of society we as well as i mentioned right we see many places in the bible um where this familial language is used we talk about um the family of god you see the church family language familial language being used about the church and as i mentioned right unfortunately there are many people who you lose sorry lose their earthly family when they become christians um, and certainly many people come to christ when they no longer have a family um, bad parents whether it's death or they've just been abandoned unfortunately and the church becomes that in many ways you also see familial language being specifically used about God, where he is father, Jesus, his son. We as Christians become adopted children. You see this verbiage used many times, which is uh, very relevant in that time for from an argumentation perspective. But we become adopted sons of God, sons and daughters, adopted children into the family of God when we become Christians. As well, you see uh, families and their lines are massively important in the Old Testament. And we see kind of at the beginning of the New Testament, establishing the rightful place Jesus has as our king and high priest. Um, there are great pains taken to laying out the genealogies of Jesus to show where he came from and how it is his rightful place through, well, both there's uh, different aspects, different genealogies, but basically both through the lines of Mary and Joseph. Joseph, even though Jesus was immaculately conceived, bears the, if you will, uh, philosophical, the, the spiritual line through Joseph as well. And so we see families are important. Um, As well, I mean, we do see that families are affected by and shown to be a part of the consequences of people's action. Um, Aiken's family, when he steals, is all put to death. Like, there are the consequences that... So Aiken, uh, when they destroy Jericho, the people of God are told to not take anything um, for themselves. There are a few things they're allowed to bring to the priests to go basically towards the whole community, but um, they're told not to take anything themselves or otherwise it would be destroyed. Um, he disobeys. He and his whole family are destroyed. Korah's rebellion, um, you see himself and then some other people who are trying to basically be priests who are not happy that they weren't. Um, they and their whole families are destroyed. Haman, in the book of Esther, you see super fascinating, awesome stuff if you want a really cool deep dive into the book of Esther, go check out Matt Whitman and the 15th, no, the 10 minute Bible hour. Sorry. Um, it's frequently, I think it's 10 minute Bible hour. Maybe it's 15 minute Bible hour. I'll have to look. Uh, 
sometimes more than that. But he just finished going through the book after super duper deep dive into all of the political and stuff going on in the background with Persia. Really fascinating. Um, I, I wouldn't say I agree with everything he has to say, but a lot of it's super good and just partially giving in the background. But Haman, um, he tries to destroy the Jews, right? not just individuals he gets mad at mordecai um who is a jew actually this is a great example of this right like families are seen as a representative of the individual as well mordecai basically they get in a tiff about politics mordecai refuses to bow down to haman haman gets mad what we would normally expect in our society right well censor that dude um let's get him fired that kind of thing right they're, they're very individualistic per se consequences what we see though is Haman goes from hey I don't like this guy let's do something about it to let's just wipe out all of the Jews so a bit <laughs> a bit crazy uh there's some background to that that uh like I said Matt Whitman gets into but <laughs> yeah right it's affecting more than just uh just the individual what ends up happening by God's grace uh that doesn't happen and in the end, Haman and his 10 sons are all executed um, and done away with. Part of this, right, we, we see when you read stuff throughout history, how many new kingdoms, newer kingdoms, and rulerships fall because they left the one bastard son alive, or they leave the cripple of the family alive, whatever, and they end up overcoming their things and end up coming back to conquer the people who killed their family so um what whether we always agree with or not <laughs> uh, how consequences should be applied to people the reality is we live in a world that families do matter um they are attached to the individual you as well see that with the satraps that tried to trap daniel in worshiping god um daniel in the lion's den where after daniel is pulled out the next day um king Sire, no, it is King Darius. Yep, King Darius um, basically has all of them and their whole families thrown to the lions, right? So, yeah, you as well see uh, in the Old Testament it talks about where the curse of a bad father affects the third and fourth generations, but the blessings of a righteous father will be for a thousand generations. So, Families matter. How you lead your family does matter. It starts with the individual. You can't have a solid family if you have bad individuals. Like, families are made up of individuals, but especially whether you, we like it or not, um, families are affected by the patriarch. That's the world that's been created um, by God. So, um, with that, we can create massive blessings for our family by seeking to be godly men. Um, and I think those blessings can extend just beyond that family. But if you have all of these families who are blessed by the righteous actions of their fathers, will that not then create a society that is greatly blessed because those, those families are blessed? I think so. And as well, as I said, right, like, unfortunately, sadly, due to sin, we have the natural families been destroyed so frequently by divorce, by abortion, um, by crime, by other sins. We see this right where, where our society is being destroyed. You have men and women who will never be able to bear children, even if they go back um, on, you know, for these people who are pursuing transgenderism, even if, and praise God, some of them later realized the super bad choice it was. But when they choose to go back, it's too late, unfortunately. They, many of them at that point, they can't. They cannot bear children. Things, many of these aspects cannot be righted. Um, and so, unfortunately, the natural family is so oftentimes destroyed and i believe that's because satan knows the power of a righteous godly natural family and his goal is to destroy that as much as he can 
But with that, we do as well see, right? We see the family of God in the church. And as I said, right, like you can't just because I didn't specifically state it, but I will. Christian perspective. Just because your family is saved doesn't mean you get to go to heaven. If you're an individual in an entire family of believers, but you do not believe, you will not go to heaven. It's very clear in the Bible. But God does build things off of the family. Um, and there is massive power as well in the direct family of God, especially for those people whose their natural family through one reason or another has been destroyed or they've been kicked out of because they come to believe in Jesus. Um, so, so next level, um, is I am calling them institutions. I'm including kind of everything. It's a, it's a large, if you want to call it the junk drawer category here, anything really between families and the government, that's obviously a lot of things. So I think you could break this down into many, many categories, but I think you can start getting, um, you, you can start getting really messy. So I kind of included everything in between. So the church, education systems, businesses, co-ops, art, science, community libraries. Um, obviously that's a wide range, but I believe that it's, it's probably the best place to start is these institutions. Once you as an individual, not that we're not always trying to improve, but you come to a solid place as an individual, then you start with your family. You build that solid family, always improving, but you give yourself a solid foundation there. Then we can look past that to the next thing, building these greater institutions which reach other people which have a greater reach than we can, even as a family, even as an institution. Um, you see that obviously to some degree in mission sending agencies to stick to the biblical line here, um, where I think can be really good. You sometimes see individual families or individuals, um, going out, sending a particular person or someone from that, Hey, I have a really strong belief in going and sharing the gospel this group of people you occasionally do see individuals just figuring out and doing that but an agency um admin people people who maybe have resources in that country that kind of thing governmental contacts that enables you to do far more i think we can all agree with that right um you can see this unfortunately right where you also have um, the ineffectualness of missionaries, as an example, pastors, uh, even business people, right? I mean, we think of how many high-level millionaires, billionaires, people who make crazy amounts of money, been super successful in business, but their family life is a disaster, or they have no family, and they're going to literally die cold and alone in their, you know, Scrooge McDuck piles of money because they neglected these other two things. That's not to say you can't be successful. You absolutely, or at least in one version of success, you absolutely can build a massive empire <laughs> geopolitically or business-wise or otherwise by neglecting the family. Um, you could actually say it's probably easier to do that because you do not have the constraints of a spouse of children upon you. But... That's not good. Um, in fact, it's very bad. Um, and you are neglecting foundational things. You are creating something that will turn into dust, largely, um, while people's souls around you will last into eternity. So, as I say, I include this as kind of a junk drawer of everything in between here. Obviously, many of these are directly affected by the government. Um, we see that, right? Uh, obviously, if school systems but public school systems, but as well, libraries, they're pseudo-governmental organizations, but there are many ways to affect them, and they have kind of separate effects from larger government entities. So as we talked about, right, like you've got to start um, when you see as I mentioned, elders and deacons before being leadership in the church. Um, 
it has to start with your you as an individual first and then to your family right um as i mentioned they have to typically be um good managers of their household there's a couple different verbiages in there um with the idea that i mentioned being that if you are failing individually or even just especially with the family if you if you have a disaster of a family um, you're probably not going to be very good at managing the church right um, i think we you can see this probably most of us have work um you know good work examples here where you know um you have pretty good work examples in here where you know you have some boss who is okay as a boss but you also know that his family life is a disaster he comes into work he takes that stress out on you you know he's taking the stress of work home it's just a giant mess and when those two things combine it is a disaster sorry had a uh little one a little uh bump in the road there mailman came had to take care of that got to get some new coffee in the cabinet delicious stuff from one of my friends who is a craft roaster if you're uh, looking for good coffee i'll throw this in here uh, check out holler roast coffee from my good friend nicole sauce out of tennessee um, all of it is basically roasted fresh to order individually for you so excellent high quality stuff i love their decaf we'll probably talk about coffee at some point because it is definitely important for civilization so we talked about right like you have to you need to start with yourself um so that you can manage things well as well i would say with this stuff right we have we have turned into a managerial society we'll probably talk about that more uh i think aaron wren may have been one of the first people to kind of talk about that or you may have heard it from others i'm not sure but basically where you can also talk about with uh credentialism is a big problem in our society as well where we as like it is you see this most often in the public school right i've gone to school maybe i got a master's even for kindergarten education or whatever how dare you say i don't know what is good for your children because clearly i've done the classes but you you as a parent even though you know you've raised this child you had this child you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to education even on some of the craziest of things um, because I, I've been to school and you haven't, right? I've gotten the credential to do it. Managerial, managerialism is a little different where, uh, part of that is where you have all of these layers and organizations where everything's managed, but just partially as well with that, where you have kind of, uh, professionalism, right? Like everything needs to be managed and done by a professional, DIY of any variety is much less, you know, if, uh, let's just come up with a crazy thing, right? If, if you and I decided to go out tomorrow and say, Hey, we want to make a new road from my house to your house. It's five miles. We've even talked to all of the homeowners between here and there. Everyone signed off on it. My word, the amount of chaos that would be ensued. We couldn't likely, uh, you know, could we, maybe patch together some stuff here and there yeah but like they would need a professional to do that there's got to be all this engineering and all these sign-offs and a professional construction company needs to do it and all this kind of stuff we largely cannot just hey i want to build this thing this is cool um we have a good plan let's go do it the united states was not built off of professionals it was a bunch of crazy people who said let's go ride our horses that way and see what we could accomplish i by no means am i hating on professionals i, I think there's a lot to be said for good management can drastically improve things someone who really knows what they're doing a professional who is extremely well trained can make some amazing things happen more than you can by just tinkering around diy but we've gotten to the point in our society where you're practically not even allowed 
to do it yourself. Um, just trying to sometimes get resources, trying to do something yourself to do stuff on your home. You can't, you know, there's, there's some of this stuff. I recently replaced my hot water heater. Some of the better brands of hot water heaters I can't even buy as a homeowner. Doesn't matter how well I, I could have been a master plumber myself. And if I don't have a plumbing company, I can't buy some of the better supplies, right? So a lot of this stuff is locked up. Oh, there are baby things. It's very reasonable to put behind lock and key. Sure, I, I, I'm okay with that, right? I don't think just anyone should be able to go out there and buy a bunch of uranium. Uh, it's probably a better thing to lock up, right? But a hot water heater, really, like I can't just go buy that as a homeowner. And if I screwed up, that's my fault, right? But anyway, so we live in this society where the expert is required. But really, and I think we can all agree with this, I think once again, work is a great example. How many of us have been in a situation where a consultant is brought in, a new boss, a new coworker who has all of the shiny credentials, they've got all the letters on their business card, right? And they are just worthless, they have no idea what they're doing. You're telling them what's the reality. I used to work in the restaurant business. We would get this where some new health inspector came in. Uh, even a lot of the old ones weren't great. But, you know, we get some new health inspector come in who just doesn't even know what they're talking about. Um, I'm sometimes educating them on what the law actually states. It, it's just ridiculous. I think government inspectors can <laughs> largely probably be put in that category. But, you know, you have the people with, uh, as I said, all, all the letters on their card, and yet they frequently don't even know what they're talking about. And so we see a lot of these institutions where they are put... You have this, per se, new kid out of school. They went to school. They got the certification and but they have very little real world experience and they don't actually know the realities of it and so they get thrown in and it's just not like they get underwater really fast and it sometimes even will destroy some of these institutions instead of making them better uh, we see this, I think, I now work in construction. You see this a lot with engineers. I think a good engineer is a wonderful thing. There's a lot of that stuff I don't know how to figure out. But what frequently happens with engineers is they have this tidy world of their calculations that do not represent the real world at all. And so we will sometimes get plans back that are just ridiculous. Um, and our sometimes even act literally unbuildable sometimes it's like well you've just for something very simple you just doubled the production cost of it for no real discernible reason why and so we have to be careful with this where skill knowledge certifications these are good things but oftentimes for the sake of putting your stamp on something i think there's partially uh fear of legal action and such that goes into this but um the desire to wrap everything in its neat little box and not just getting your hands dirty and figuring it out frequently ends up dooming some of this and we need to not be afraid of boots on the ground action to build these when oftentimes the official thing won't actually do anything for us. As I said, uh, this is kind of the weird category, right? Where I've thrown in everything. Um, you could probably put, I mean, I would say, right? Like you, as a, if you're a Christian, you should be involved in a church regardless. And you should be, even if your family and such is a disaster, you should be striving to serve when you can. Those things are good. They're good for the soul. But so there's this weird thing you could probably put churches and businesses as the next level past the family. And then you can be putting some of that stuff next. Like th there's, there's some weirdness here, but I think for the sake of brevity, at least it makes the most sense to kind of lump all of that together. 
in the more these are independent institutions typically kind of pushing for one goal kind of scenario the last level i would really mention and i call the highest level institution would be the government it is the most immovable it's the largest chunk of things out there and one reason i actually put it last is it is even at the local level it is it does have both the most and the least effect on our lives. Absolutely bad or good government, but especially bad government, a totalitarian government of whatever variety, whatever governmental form is stamped on it, whether it's a monarchy, dictatorship, whatever. Um, a totalitarian government is a horrid thing. It is offensive to God. It is destructive to humanity. It's obviously not good for the civilization. It is. Um, and you could even say it is nulls it from being an actual civilization, perhaps. And they absolutely can affect your lives, right? Communist countries drastically make things worse. Uh, we see, right, we obviously see in the last uh, few years, this is currently being recorded in 2023. So, um, you know, COVID-19 and the way governments responded to that highly affected people's lives and yet there's a lot of it at which they don't like sometimes you have to get more creative about how you do things but we largely just lived our life and now part of that was we lived in we live in texas um the government had less things but also most of the time if you just do what you're going to do and stay out of the hot spots no one is going to bother you there were a few places absolutely if you were in california um new york australia some of these places right like you're standing on a beach by yourself there's no one literally within a mile of you and literally people then there have been situations where you know the police came and arrested people who were literally standing by themselves on a beach no one for them to infect actually um, the police officers made it worse because they got closer to this person, right? So those things do affect. If you live in communist China, it's a problem. But also, largely, you figure out how to live your life and do the things you do. There are absolutely constraints. Um, things do matter. If you're arrested as a political prisoner somewhere, that affects your life. I, I don't want to deny that. But largely, um, you saw this, we have some family friends who um, grew up in communist Romania. And, you know, just hearing the stories where, yeah, like it was bad, but also they grew gardens, they got married, they lived their lives. Yes, there were restrictions on how they did stuff. They had to learn how to be creative. But they also largely just went about like most of our lives are not directly affected by the government. Um, and so as we're trying to make things better, we have a lot of control over things. So that's one reason I kind of put this the furthest away from ourselves uh, in layer here is that yes, absolutely. It does affect things, but there is much that can be done when, you know, and actually as a good example, and this happened in Romania. Um, and you see anytime a government is overthrown, it's rarely from within the system per se. It's individuals who eventually have had enough. Um, and it turns violent and they overthrow the government. Um, if that, if that was not possible, then, you know, they would have a greater effect on us. And certainly, um, we want, just as we want in our families, just as we want in any kind of institution, we do, we want capable people in government. We can have a discussion about government. I am certainly for as small of a government as possible. There's reasons for that. Happy to discuss that in another episode. But regardless of the size of the government you think is good, you want comp competent people in that space. I think all of us can agree with that and would want to push for that we want people who have good knowledge who have good practical skills who are reasonable and sometimes even you would want to say you want in a government someone who has enough you want people who have a backbone in the right ways um and are one willing to stand up to the 
totalitarian aspects of government, but also if you do, if the goal is to have some sort of regulatory aspect to the government, you want people in that position who have a right sense of justice and can properly stand up when people are pushing bounds in which they should not, right? So we want those people who have built themselves up to be solid people in the government. We want, whether that's politicians or bureaucrats, I think where we frequently lose track of things when it comes to the government is that the majority of our government on all levels is not run by elected officials. And so I do think that is something that we, I am grateful for the style of government we have, but I think we lose track of the fact of how much does not get changed every election cycle because the majority of the government are bureaucrats who don't change it. They don't care really who is actually in charge. Um, it can be a Republican, it can be a Democrat, it can be an independent, it can be who knows what. Um, doesn't really matter. Green party, purple party, they're going to do their job and very little changes. I think you even see this to some degree where, yeah, and certainly the in the U.S., the heads of all of the agencies do get swapped out. Um, that's kind of part of the presidential process. But there's much that doesn't change when those people get changed out. There are some, but typically they're the hot button issues and there's a whole lot that continues to plod along in the same direction. So we want solid people. If you want government, regardless of the size of government, you want solid people who are first solid individuals and have solid families and have had solid effects on other things in their lives. Um, to be involved in that government because, and actually those bureaucrats are really the ones who have the most effect on the day-to-day -day lives of people. They are the inspectors, as I mentioned, the health inspectors, the property inspectors, the, the permitting inspectors. You go and look at some of this stuff. It's ridiculous. Um, by the way, I don't like new build homes, different conversation for a different time. Um, some we'll probably talk about with the quality of our homes, our housing, but you see some of this stuff that gets missed by city inspectors on these homes that are just crazy. You can find tons of these videos where an independent inspector comes in and looks. And these homes have been signed off by the city to be safe and livable. And it's a travesty. You have framing trusses that, you know, these, these are not just per se. Yeah, it, it technically code says this, but like, it's not that big of a deal, right? These are like framing trusses that are not even connected. You have boards just wobbling around, crazy stuff. And we're trusting these bureaucrats in, you know, the home inspector world to the point of them is, or we would say, is to make our home safe, is to make the building safe so that they don't just fall down. And yet they pass ridiculous things and so in that right like you have the lady at the dmv the health inspector the guy issuing this or that license whatever those are the people who do have the most impact and they're frequently can be the most rude um and they don't necessarily care because we've also turned government jobs into practically irreplaceable positions that um, you just, outside of you maybe murdering somebody, and even then it would have to be the right person you murder for somebody to get kicked out of and to be held responsible for their actions. So I have very mixed emotions and mixed feelings about the government. I actually think they are the least worth thing, thinking about trying to affect. <coughs> Excuse me. Because of that the fact that we have so much of our life that the government doesn't really touch we have to care far more about right like if we look at scale of how much things get affected what you do for work what your company does you spend far more time engaging with that going to church reading books hobbies all of those things while yes, touched by the government, 
you spend far more time doing that and messing with that than the government does touching and has an effect on that. So I do think I put this last and I put it as, I don't want to quite say the least important, but I think at times that's actually the least important layer for us to worry about of first, like, I think it's far more important to obviously worry about your family or sorry, worry about yourself, get yourself solid, get yourself in good health, uh, work out, figure out what you need to eat to be healthy improve yourself. I would say you should be a Christian. (laughs) Um, talk about that another time, but, um, be a solid man or woman first and foremost yourself, then work on your family, love your family, bring them up. Well, I will say this, right? Bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, but bring them up to be righteous people who love God, who are highly skilled, um, love to learn, know how to learn, and want to affect others well, then worry about the next layer of things. What can you do for work that has a good meaning on the world? We've got to make money. We, we live in a place where money, uh, like money is important and it's, we need more and more, um, unfortunately due to our lovely inflation. That is something where government does, right? Like, Government does affect things. Um, Inflation is a great example of that, where the government's choices have directly affected our buying power. And yet, how much by messing around with the government can we actually fix inflation? Not a whole lot. But there are many things you can do to mitigate that. But, all that to say, um, help build good things. Make your church a better place for people make it more glorifying to god make your community a better place pour into your community help people to learn find the people in your community who are downtrodden and need help those are things we directly in our actions can affect a lot then by all means if after that you want to go attack the government not attack attack it as a a goal to change right Uh, you want to affect the government then then by all means do do that. There are ways to do that. I, as I've said, um, I am grateful we live in the country that we do from our governmental perspective, but start with yourself, then your family, then those things directly around you. And lastly, go for the government. Those are kind of my four layers for civilization building. As I mentioned, self, family, institutions, and government seek to make the world a better place. Have a great day.